Hey, I'm Rob Tigan. And I'm Joanna Tigan. Rob and I have been married over 30 years and share an addiction to coffee, bookstores, and Christmas music. We often debate how many dogs are enough and who should win the voice every season. We're a neat freak married to a not-so-neat freak, an explorer to a homebody, and an introvert to a people person. But we do agree that our vows are for always, children are a gift, and prayer is powerful. Our hope through this podcast is that we can walk with you in caring for the soul of your family. Thanks for being here. Hi, friends. I have a very vivid memory of what my life was like for us about 15 years ago. I was homeschooling all four of our kids all day, and I was working nights to pay for all of their curriculum and activities. And I remember back then how I had crafted a life that was meant to allow me to pour my time and my heart into our family. But at the end of each day, I was completely exhausted. And worse, I couldn't even remember at the end of the day having made eye contact with our children. And I couldn't point to moments of snuggling on the couch or having relaxed moments just to talk or to play because I was so busy working for my family that our actual relationships were suffering. Yeah, and that that pattern is really hard to break. We've, you know, we've noticed over time we can be so busy doing things that are good, but the best things like our relationships with God and each other fall to the to the wayside and uh, when that happens we feel stressed, overwhelmed and eventually we get burnt out, you know, and we forget to care for our souls with the things that really matter most. Right. And from talking to other couples, we know that feeling of overwhelm is really a struggle for everybody. But we know from scripture that this is not by God's design. He invites us into a life where we can work with purpose and passion and with a deep sense of peace and rest at the same time. So today we're going to explore how to move into that kind of life with our families. Yeah, and to help us do that, we're excited to welcome our guest, Dr. Laurel Emery, to the show today. Laurel is a writer, a speaker, a podcaster, an accomplished business and leadership coach. Uh, her heart is centered on helping her clients cultivate confidence and joy in life and work. Thank you, Laurel, for joining us today. Robin Joanna, thank you so much for inviting me to join you. Well, Laurel, I think when we met you a few years ago as our own coach, I had a pretty poor definition of what it meant to be successful because I was measuring success and, you know, really my sense of worth by how much productivity I could cram into my week. Why do you think that we tangle up our personal value with how busy or productive we are? Kind of the crux of the problem for us is that we seem to only value the things that we can measure. So this, you know, place that we find ourselves in is in a culture that values productivity, but we can move into this place of works orientation or even earn respect. I think there's something that in our culture, like we just don't respect people for being people and humans and walking in life that it's like there has to be that that measurable piece to it. So I, I really appreciate that you said that because it allows us to move to this place of 
okay, well, what about the things that aren't measurable necessarily, the relational components, the spiritual components, the emotional components that aren't necessarily a, you know, check the box sort of a thing. So I, I just, I think, yeah, that that's part of, you know, where we find ourselves is that we're, we're overvaluing our productivity and what is measurable. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, at least for me, I know it's clear that I, I can easily get kind of a mess, messed up idea of what, what success really is. But I think often we have the wrong idea of what rest looks like too. And, you know, we can see it as this block of time, you know, either having a personal day or going on a vacation or getting to the weekend as fast as we can. But but that kind of rest doesn't really change us or restore our souls. I love what Mark Buchanan says, leisure is what Sabbath becomes when we no longer know how to sanctify time. Leisure is Sabbath bereft of the sacred. So how would you describe the kind of true rest that God has in mind for us? Yeah, gosh, such a big question, but a good one, Rob. I think there are, we are, we're so hyper-focused on that Sabbath day. And I think that Mark, I love Mark. I love that rest of God book of his, but I think that that's part of what he's trying to point out to us is that it's about finding that in our lives as a whole and being able to just live in that constant place of, I hate to use the word contentment because it opens up such a, you know, can of worms, but it is that it's being able to find that peace, find that rest, find that contentment in all aspects of our life. And that's not to take away from the value and importance and necessity. And for us as believers, the obedience of an actual Sabbath day, but looking at, you know, just all along how what does that look like for our lives as a whole and i think one of the things that i've thought quite a bit about and i wish that we would study it more i think tim keller is someone who talks quite a bit about it is we're so hyper focused on individualism that that causes us to move to this place of feeling like we have to do it all because it rests on our shoulders as individuals. Like we are in a place as a culture, as a country where the low level of trust in one another is so low. And so we're having like, Joanna, back to your original story of when you were working nights, you know, and trying to do pay for the curriculum for the kids. Like there's all of these components within that that are saying, I have to do all of this. It's all on my shoulders. It's all my responsibility versus being able to say, you know, Lord, what is it that you have for me? How can I be filled, be in a place of rest, be in a place of contentment where I'm not having to feel like it's all my responsibility. And I think over the years, my work as a coach has transformed into only working with women. And as I have worked more and more with women over the years, I just, I see this showing up so much of that it's we're feeling like it's it's all our responsibility that we have to do it all, that because we can do it all or we're capable, then that means that we should do it all. And so then that moves us back into that place where 
we can't even accept that invitation to rest because it, we're so focused on our responsibilities, our duties, our obligations on us doing it ourselves because we're not trusting someone else to participate in it with us, or we're not trusting God to take care of us in even a supernatural way. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's really good. And you know, just as you were talking, I was thinking sometimes even maybe that why we've kind of put our rest in these these kind of blocks of time, like vacation and things like that. Not that those are bad, but you know, I I don't know if you're like me, but a lot of times when we come back from vacation, we're we're not fully rested. I mean, it, there we usually have to do about three weeks worth of work leading up to vacation, and then we're about yeah. three weeks behind when we get back. And um, and so, as you were talking, I'm thinking, you know vacation is another thing that we can put that in the category of rest, but it's something we can control. You know, we plan the vacation, we, we do all these things and, you know, God intended, I think for us to have rest as a a regular rhythm of our lives. That's how he built us Mm -hmm. to come back to him, to, to restore us and replenish us. And like you said, put our trust back on, on him and put it back in his hands that, that he's the one in control. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And you're making me think about today actually, because I'm actually heading in for an outpatient surgery tomorrow and I'm having a forced break for a few days, right? And I've had people tell me, hey, embrace it, make it all about you, put your feet up, you know? But I've actually found a lot of stress around that because it's exposing kind of that inner push to just do and do and do. And so I'm resisting the rest, honestly, I've been treating it kind of as a an inconvenience. And I think that it's probably a tool that God is using to to show me these things and just to remind me, hey, remember way back, I called you to just, like you say, trust me and lean on me and let me have all the things that you're having to lay down this week. But I think all of us, you know, from time to time need to do a little of that kind of self-assessment, you know? What is a way that you could help us do that right now by kind of naming some of the signs that we do need to receive God's invitation to rest with him? A big one that I see is where we're simply kind of coming back to that individualism component. We're not asking for help. And we get to this place where it feels so overwhelming and we feel like we're going to just add somebody else into the burden with us when there are people who genuinely want to be helpful to us and to join with us and to participate with us. And so I think just from a super pragmatic perspective, like that is such a big one. And it's something that is so hard for us to do. I'm thinking about, you know, your experience of, you know, tomorrow and what lays before you of just, you know, what is it that, you know, you can potentially ask for help? Is it something that you need help with meal prep ahead of time so that there is food made for the family or, you know, things that can be put on the back burner or somebody to do pickups of the kids, you know, of who needs to be transported here or there, you know, just those sorts of things that we just have this tendency to feel like it all has to, again, rest on us rather than being able to be a part of community and asking, you know, for that help from other people. I think another indicator, going back to your story, an example of when you were homeschooling, working nights, you know, to pay for the curriculum, that was a warning sign for you of I wasn't looking my kids face to face. I wasn't, you know, actually 
actively spending time and developing relationship. And so looking for those warning signs of like, okay, what isn't working in this? Like, how have I not, you know, done the things that are important? And so even going through some of those exercises of Rob, you talked about a second ago of like really identifying, okay, what are those things that matter most? And, you know, what does that relational health look like? What does that spiritual health look like? So as much as, again, that kind of moves us toward the measurable at least it's starting from that place of, okay, I need to assess, you know, for me, what is and isn't working well, and allow that to be a catalyst for, you know, drawing me back to God, drawing me back to that place of rest, and drawing me back to that place of being able to say, it's not all my responsibility, it's not all up to me. And those are really hard things to do of, especially again, in my coaching of women, like that place of admitting for, that we need help, admitting that something is wrong and not working, those are really difficult things to do. And I think there's a, a book that I read recently by uh, Sharon Miller, Free of Me. And one of the things that she talks about in it is that when we try to show up in other people's lives as though everything is taken care of and everything in our lives is, you know, Instagram perfect and, you know, all of those sorts of things that what we inadvertently do is we create an expectation that that not only keeps the pressure on us, that we have to be that way, but it puts a pressure on others to think, oh, well, if she has it all together, I have to as well. And I do then, you know, to make my life look like what hers looks like, even though we all know behind the scenes, that's, you know, not realities. And I need help. I can't do it all. I, I've got to call on the Lord as well as call on my community to be in this with me. Right. Yeah. This morning I was talking to Rob about you know, the medical stuff happening tomorrow. And he said, you know, it's okay for you to lean on me for a little bit. That's okay. And it got me thinking, you know, I don't know how many people listening, your love language is acts of service, but it's very easy to kind of channel all of your love and affection into what you're doing for each other. So what happens when that ability is maybe lifted for a little bit? I mean, I'm kind of thinking this could be a sweet time, actually. I feel like I can't do for him, but what a chance to show love for each other in maybe some fresh ways. So yeah, taking a break from all the doing could be the best thing for a marriage, don't you think? Yes, indeed. Absolutely. And I, I think what you said a minute ago too is good from the perspective of there are components that maybe are forced upon us, you know, that God says, hello, like you're, you're not quite getting it. You're not quite listening. And so I'm going to, you know, force you into that place, whether it's, you know, through a medical procedure or through getting sick. I mean, getting sick is a big one for us. Like we look at it so much as an inconvenience, but oftentimes I believe that that is God saying to us, like, you're, you're overdoing it. You are not, you know, focusing on what I want you to be focusing on. And I'm going to force you into a position of, 
you know, having to really kind of take that step back and to be able to say, nope, you need to slow down and that here are the benefits that are going to happen from that. Whether, you know, as you just said, Joanna, that's a reconnection with your spouse in a way that you need or allowing your spouse to use their gifts or someone else to use their gifts in a way that blesses you and encourages you. I think there, gosh, that's a whole other topic that have just such goodness in letting someone else's gifts be utilized by us, you know, saying no or asking for that help. I love that. Yeah. And I love that you brought in the community piece to it because that's something I hadn't even thought of. And I think that probably goes back to what you were saying earlier with kind of our individualistic, we just naturally think rest is about me. And am I taking that rest? And am I taking, you know, whether it's the the Sabbath or the vacation or whatever, am I doing that? And you've just brought in that important piece to remember that, you know, transformation happens in community. And so oftentimes we do think individualistically in our relationship with God or these kind of topics. And really there, God always meant for that to happen kind of with him and with others. And so that was, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. So um, I also love how you describe yourself. You say you're a contemplative and intellectual naturalist, which <laughs> is a title I've not heard before, but, but what does it mean to have a contemplative life like you've found for yourself? What does that look like? Oh gosh, good question, Rob. So I think that kind of came out of two books that I love that I'll mention super quick. The first one is Gary Thomas, who I think you guys have maybe had on your podcast. He has a book about sacred pathways. And then another one uh, by Bonnie Gray, Finding Spiritual White Space. And primarily in Gary's, he walks through, I think there's eight different types. I don't remember what he labels them as, but basically like how, what is your pathway to God and to that sacredness and to worship and rest. And so uh, contemplative intellectual naturalist is kind of an amalgamation of some of what he said, as well as some of what Bonnie talks about in her book that basically like, I love to be able to spend time in nature and in a way that isn't just adoring nature, but it's studying nature in a way that allows me to be able to see, okay, how is God speaking to me through this or the other way around, like being able to utilize my time to focus on how do I learn more about God in a way that you know, draws in that contemplation, that place of wonder, that place of just being in awe of who he is and what he has created in me and others in nature, uh, in the earth that he gave us. And, you know, just really understanding that has given me like such a better foundation from which to have rest because I know now kind of based on with the help of of Gary and Bonnie and their books, like what it is that are the most meaningful ways to me personally to have rest. And I think that is in this whole topic of rest, that is such a 
critical and important and beautiful component is being able to find out like, okay, what, what does drive me in my desire for rest, my need for rest, my drive for rest. And, and mine definitely obviously seem much more on the slow introverted side of, of things, which they are, but there certainly are ones, you know, that Gary talks about that are far more on the, you know, extroverted relational community oriented side of things. And it's just, for me, it's just been a really helpful way to understand what, you know, what rest can look like for me. And I think for some people, because I'm coming at it from that more introverted side, I think that can potentially be a little bit scary or a little like unnerving to people like, oh my goodness, so, you know, am I going to have to bury my nose in books all day, you know, sort of a thing in order to connect with God, which is certainly not the case. And I think one of the things that both Gary and Bonnie talk about in their books is like starting from this place of curiosity with yourself of just wanting to understand how, you know, how God has woven you and made you and what your uniquenesses are. And he desires to connect with each of us individually that just because I enjoy the singing praise and worship doesn't mean, you know, that somebody else connects with God as meaningfully, you know, through that practice or, or something like that. So starting from that place of curiosity of, okay, God, what, what do you have for me in this? Like, what is, what is my connection with you? It's such a cool way to approach it. So I hope that answers your question, Rob. <laughs> yeah, it does. And, and, uh, yeah, I love that because um, I think we need probably more today than ever to find those kind of things that allow us mm-hmm. to slow down and be still and know He is God. I think with all the noise and things around us, I think it's really hard to find that. So I am going to uh, to take your words and and try to be even more of a naturalist as I <laughs> when I go on my walks and things because you're right; those are great opportunities to really hear maybe what God is doing and saying. Yeah. Yeah. And what you're saying, it's making me think how when our schedule is just jammed as full as it can get, what really gets lost is our sense of who we are as God's unique creation and what he has purposed us to do, our true calling, you know, and you were touching on this, this kind of rediscovery of our identity and our passions and callings. What are some ways to do that? Hmm. That is so interesting. And and it's, it's a tough one because I think we all struggle with it and kind of going back to our the beginning of our conversation of the cultural expectations, it's so easy for us to get wrapped up in what am I supposed to be doing? What should I be doing? What does what do my parents expect me to be doing? What does my spouse expect me to be doing? You know, just moving into that place of other centeredness and and other focused, you know, elements rather than really just talking with God about me and who I am and how he has made me. And sometimes beautiful as it is, like with you guys are a wonderful example. He has that draw you together and you're able to do, you know, work together with your spouse and have that purpose and that calling be something that you get to do together. But for most people, that's not necessarily the case, right? And so being able to, you know, just really 
through prayer, through tools, you know, just all of the different types of resources, I guess, that are available to us of being able to talk about that. I mean, there's tremendous books about that, like, um, Obviously, I think we're in that Enneagram era where a lot of a lot of Christians are understanding more about Enneagram, following that a little bit more. And so um, The Road Back to You by Ian Crone and Suzanne Stabile is a really good one to be help, helpful in that of just identifying, helping you to learn more about you so that you can identify more of what your purpose is. But I think really in in my coaching and you guys know this from our previous conversations like it's really about drowning and rob you said this a second ago drowning out the noise of the world like closing that out and which includes you know what i said a minute ago the expectations of others and really being able to put those blinders on and say like okay this is what i'm uniquely gifted and created for and I'm not going to let the expectations of others crowd that out. I'm also not going to let my fears crowd that out or my doubts about myself or insecurities about myself, which that's a whole other topic, obviously, right, of how difficult that is. But being able to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and again, because we have, you know, this culture that is so fixated on productivity and measurement, you know, we could really struggle, you know, with believing that the purpose that we have or that we that we believe he has given us is what is for us. But just again, kind of coming to that, that trust and resting in him, that he is our good father and that he wants and desires and is working for the best for us. And that just really becomes an anchor in, you know, difficult seasons and when we're questioning our purpose or questioning our gifts. Yeah, I love that. And that really interrupts that mindset that our work is a threat to our sense of peace and rest. Instead, our Mm -hmm. work is what we do unto the Lord because we're doing it with him, no matter what it is. And really, I think with that, it's easy to think that to be at rest, we do have to just somehow leave our work at the door, right? How would you say that a better focus on our spiritual and our emotional and our relational selves is actually going to help us work more fully and work better? I think, you know, number one, it's just being able to name it and identify it and to be able to say, okay, I know what this looks like in me. I know what, you know, what happens for me when I move into that unhealthy place. And so then having that awareness, you know, we're able to then focus on, okay, what are the the things that we know help us to move to a better place of health? So um, just a personal example, just this morning, Corey and I were having an exchange with one another that was beginning to drain me emotionally. We can talk about attachment styles in a minute, but I'm someone that I cannot be emotionally two places at once. And so I was starting to feel my stress increase and tension rise up within me and kind of beginning to shut down because I'm sitting there thinking about this conversation that I want to have with you guys, Rob and Joanna, but I'm also having this, you know, emotional conversation with my husband. And so 
trying to, you know, go to that place where first of just identifying like, what is my capacity? What do I know about myself? And then being able to understand, okay, what are the ways to provide health back into those areas of focus, whether that's, you know, your, the emotional health, the relational health, the spiritual health, and and really, you know, again, that is, it's different for each of us in some ways, but obviously we know too, from a biblical perspective, that there are just fundamentals and foundations that are in that as well. But kind of, it's a cliche, but it's the, you know, we can't give what we don't have. We can't pour from an empty cup. So being able to identify, okay, what are our capacities? What are the things that drain us? What are the ways that we get triggered? And then how do we reframe those or combat those if if it is a, you know a combat situation which sometimes it can be in a way that's healthy and that provides us with the opportunity to refill our cup so i think again that's kind of i i love again gary thomas's book because that really helps to identify like how do we focus on and he covers it overall if like if we're focusing on our spiritual health then obviously there's a natural outpouring to our emotional health, our relational health as well. So that kind of, you know, self-awareness component around those really helps us to, you know, move to that place of, of better focusing on ourselves in those areas. Yeah, that's that's good. I um yeah, and I think that's why as as we think through all of this and just the the different nuances of of coming in and out of that, it's it's why it's so important, you know, why God gave us rest and and emphasized it as such an important piece because, I, you know, we have the internal pressures we put on ourselves. We have the external pressures that we talked about from others. And then we have all the noise and the busyness and, and it can be really hard. I know for me, I get caught up and then all of a sudden, I don't know whose voice I'm listening to, you know, is this, is this God saying to do this? Is it other people telling me to do this? Is this the, my own pressure? And if so, if we don't step away from that and just rest, you know, then we, we really, we can't discern, you know, where God's leading us a lot of times. And so, you know, and I can, you, Joanna mentioned earlier in the program, and you're touching on this a little bit, but maybe I'm just asking you to, to expound on it too. But, you know, she talked about how she can be physically present a lot of times with our kids and not emotionally or spiritually present. And as a dad and a husband, I can totally relate to that. So, like I said, you kind of touched on this, but what are some practical ways that we can really stay attuned to the people that we love and that we also want to stay connected to also? Mm, yeah, gosh, that, that's so, so good for sure. I think talking and communicating is something that is so underrated and undervalued in our society as a whole. And I think it was Henry Cloud maybe who said, 95% of misunderstandings or arguments are the result of a miscommunication. And, and so I think just, you know, coming back to that place of like, we're actually talking about things, even when it's scary, even when it's difficult, even when it's uncomfortable, even when me, Laurel, in my avoider attachment style, I want to run the other way and make myself busy and, you know, bury myself in something else rather than, you know, having that difficult conversation. 
it, it's inviting that that discomfort in knowing that that's what is going to create connection. That is what is going to create that emotional attachment and emotional connection and that healthiness. And I don't, I mean, I've heard it from numerous other of your guests who you've had on that, that especially the ones where it's a husband and wife who are sharing together of talking about how it was finally when they connected together and had that conversation and, you know, just shared with each other, like what they were thinking, what they were feeling, like how much that was an eye opener for them and kind of was the stepping over the threshold, if you will, from, you know, one situation into a better space. So I think it just seems, again, so simple, but, and, you know, maybe oversimplified, but I, I really think that it isn't, but just, you know, inviting those conversations and, and even, you know, using the example you just did, Rob, of Joanna with the kids and not being present there, like even just inviting those, uh, you know, conversations. And gosh, we're so good, even with kids, at small talk, you know, versus really just understanding like how no how are you doing like one of the things i talk about when i'm consulting with a new potential new client is i don't want the passing in the hallway response from you of how you're doing like i really genuinely want to know how are you doing and so making space for that with one another and also figuring out what does that mean for each other. Um, and Joanna, you brought up love languages a few minutes ago. And I think that that's, you know, we need to figure out for each other, like what is the way that you best prefer to be communicated with and how is it that you feel heard? And so I think that was a long rant just on communication, but I think it's one of those things that we just, we can't emphasize it enough. Yeah, no, that's that's great because I think too, it, it really ties back into our overall conversation today because if we're not participating with God in the gift of rest that he's given us, then we will not have the energy to really hear and really focus on the people that are important to us around us. So, you know, there's often that, that I know it's, it's kind of cliche because enough people have used it, but that idea of in the plane of putting your oxygen mask on first, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that's true in this too, just to really be able to hear and listen to people. If we're not, if we're just running and running, running, you know, not only can we not hear from God, but we can't really hear the people around us either and what their needs are. So thank you for that. Yeah. Well, Laurel, as we're talking, I just in my mind's eye can picture how many of our friends today listening are just feeling spread too thin and they do feel like they're missing out on the close and intimate relationships that they really want with God and their loved ones. And they're in that huge feeling of overwhelm, but they don't know how to break free and find rest. Like we, we all are just so eager to kind of cross the bridge into that place. Would you be willing to pray for them right now to experience that? Yes, I would love to. Absolutely okay. love to. Thank, Thank you, you for the opportunity. Yes. Lord, thank you for this conversation today with Rob and Joanna, and thank you for all that you are doing in our lives to draw us to a place of rest. We know that you desire for us to not live lives that are 
burnt out, stressed out, spread too thin, overwhelmed that you desire for us to have lives that are full of joy, full of your abundance and your gifts and your grace and your mercy and full of relationships that are thriving and wonderful and that are filling our cups and filling each other's cups. And I pray for each person who is here and listening with us today, who is struggling in this, that you will encourage them and help them to be reminded that you desire those good things for them. You desire goodness in their lives and that you will draw them to you. I pray that you will bring them to a place where they sense and experience your love, your presence, your rest, your goodness, and that that will encourage them and again, draw them to that place where they can feel and experience your rest and that you will help them through whatever experiences that they're going through to be reminded that they can be present with you, reach out to you in each and every one of those and uh, be drawn closer to you as well as to others by embracing uh, this place of rest with you. Thank you for this conversation today and for the work that you are doing through Rob and Joanna and growing home together. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing um, your insight and that prayer with us today, Laurel. And, um, you know, I know our friends are going to want to uh, connect with you and find out more about your podcast and your writing. And I will say what some of my favorite writings or, or blogs of yours are when you do, uh, I know you're an avid reader and you give great lists of books uh, to read that you're reading. And so we will make sure that we include the books that you talked about today and maybe in any others that you uh, might recommend for those listening. Uh, we'll make sure those are in the show notes for everybody. But how can people connect with you online? Oh, thank you for asking. Uh, it was super easy to find, laurelemory.com, L-A-U-R-E-L-E-M-O-R-Y.com. And I certainly would welcome anybody to uh, to connect and reach out. And the podcast is Courage Becomes Her. And like you said at the beginning of our conversation, Rob, it's focused on helping women who are just, you know, having an area of need in their life to help them to cultivate confidence, courage, and joy, both in life and work. So thanks so much for sharing that. Thank you so much for that. Uh, before we close, is there any one last word of encouragement that you'd like to leave for everyone? It, we didn't really touch on it and it kind of is tangential to everything. But I think one of the things that I'm hearing just a lot in my conversations is this idea of making sure that we are coming from a place of gratitude and that we are really focusing on on gratitude and thankfulness. And honestly, I'm seeing in myself and in others a lot right now that self-pity is our kryptonite. And a lot of us are really being crippled by that in this present moment. So uh, certainly uh, moving to a place of gratitude and thankfulness is, is can help with that. Oh, that is... A fantastic reminder. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing this time with us today, Laurel. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful that you would invite me to. Yeah. And thank you, friends, for joining us on the podcast today. Uh, Rob and I would love to connect with you. 
on our site at growinghometogether.com. We've got some free downloads for you to help you in prayer as a couple, to help you create some memories with your kids and just all kinds of resources to grow your relationship with God and each other. At Growing Home Together, we're caring for the soul of your family. And growing home together with you. Bye. Bye.